Hey, everyone. Welcome so much to Know Your Food with Warty, episode 140. That rhymes. I have a guest today, Lindsay Dietz. You may be seeing her on the screen if you are watching the video recording of this podcast or if you're with us live on Blab. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. So glad you're here. I want to tell everyone a little bit about you and what we're doing today. Okay. So some backstory is Lindsay and I have been working together online for a number of years. She's been a contributing writer to traditionalcookingschool.com, and she has recently taken the position of content editor, so she's helping me with all the content that we publish on a daily basis at Traditional Cooking School. She also assists me in Traditional Cooking School with members on the traditional food makeovers we offer to our premium members and other things as well. So I really, really love working with Lindsay. Such a blessing. (laughs) And I'm so thrilled today because we're actually not talking about anything at traditional cooking school. We're talking about a big part of Lindsay's life that she works on because she and her family love nourishing foods and traditional cooking. And she has a really fun story to share about how nourishing no-bake treats took a quite large role in their family recently. And she's even um, made it available to all of you through an e-cookbook, Nourishing No-Bake Treats, and we're going to talk about that as well as as well as well a special offer for you today on um, the special release of her e-cookbook. So welcome, Lindsay. Thanks. I just gave a quick introduction of how you and I work together professionally and what little I know of you, but of course, I'm in Oregon, you're in Minnesota, so why don't you just give us a peek into your family's life? Okay, well, um, I am a native Texan. Um, my husband, David, and I have been married for 13 years. We have two kids. Our son is almost 12. Our daughter is 10 years old, and we homeschool them and always have and love it. Um, we relocated from Texas to Minnesota about six months ago in May and found out um, very quickly that most homes in Actually, I don't don't think I've seen any homes in Minnesota that have air conditioning. (laughs) So coming from Texas where you can't survive without air conditioning to coming to an area that has no air conditioning was uh, a change as well as a lot of other things that are different about living in Minnesota. And fun fact, we actually live on the North Shore of Lake Superior. Um, about 90 miles from the Canadian border. So we are about as north in Minnesota as you can get. And we live about four minutes from Lake Superior. So this area is called the North Shore. And apparently it's a big tourist destination. And we didn't even know (laughs) until we moved here. (laughs) And I want to point out to everybody, Lindsay, like your background right now is proving what a beautiful life you have because we see kids and I think a dog. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Open it up in the snow out there. Yes. They, they, um, they have been waiting for it to snow since May. <laughs> and it, it has finally snowed and uh, we got five inches a couple days ago. And it's actually the first big snow that we've had since we moved to Minnesota. And according to the locals, um, the weather right now is extremely mild compared to what it should be. We are we should have about three feet of snow on the ground right now, but we have about five inches and the temperature is above freezing. So it's actually melting off. So the kids are out there. Um, they've been sledding and our son got a snowboard and he's testing out his snowboard on our hill. 
Um, we are, we just absolutely love our land. We live on almost six acres and we have a pretty good combination of open land with forest. And so our kids, uh, in the summertime, they come home for meals and the rest of the time they're out barefooted in the woods. <laughs> so it's wonderful. Pretty, <laughs> it's really great. And we really do like it. It's been a culture shock to move to Minnesota from Texas. Um, I mean, not only have we gone to a different state, but we've gone to, you know, from the South to the North and, um, we, everywhere we go, everybody says, where are you from? You know, <laughs> because we obviously don't talk like we're locals. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Well, I love that. And I love actually seeing them live it out behind you. So, but you're here to talk about nourishing no-bake treats. And I'm so excited to get into this because I've seen you go through this journey of discovering them and developing them and now sharing them with everyone. I actually have a little container here of three varieties that I made. And I I have a plate here too (laughs) of two kinds that I made. I think we lost Wardy. <laughs> Did we lose her? She's gone. Well, I'll talk. Um, I brought two different kinds of bites that I made. I made the salted caramel and dark chocolate, and I made the avocado mint chip. And I don't know how well you can see those, but they're super yummy. And I think Morty and I were going to taste our bites together um, today, but she's gone. So if, if anyone wants to ask a question right now and help me keep going in the chat over here, um, that will be great so that I know what to talk about. But um, I think Morty wants me to share the story behind how I created the no-bake bites. And so I mentioned earlier that we live in Minnesota and we don't have air conditioning. And so normally the Minnesota summers are pretty mild and that's why you don't really have to have air conditioning. But um, this summer was the hottest summer in like 15 years. And so um, we were just dying on some days because it would get up to 85, 88 degrees and um hey you're back I know I heard you the whole time and you're doing amazing because I still have the audio but I lost the video so you're doing great so that is what I was going to ask you was tell us the story of how these came to be so keep going okay so we um our house uh is really well insulated and we have new windows and everything so um, but it was still, when it would get 88 degrees outside, the inside of the house would quickly get to, you know, 82, 83 degrees inside. And that's really hot. And so one evening we had been at the farmer's market. We have the most adorable farmer's market that's about five minutes from our house. And we had just moved to the area. And so, I mean, what's the best way to get to know like-minded people when you're a foodie and you've just moved to the area? You go to the farmer's market, right? Totally. (laughs) So um, we had been at the farmer's market and I had introduced ourselves to some people and, um, I'm like the most, my door is open all the time kind of person. Just come inside. You don't even have to knock. And so I just said, hey, why don't some of you guys come over around eight tonight and we'll hang out. We'll get to know each other. And um, then I got home and saw the thermostat on my house and it was 82 degrees. (laughs) And I was like, 
I've invited these people over and my house is super hot. And I don't know about you, Wardy, but I can't have anyone come over without feeding them. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So it was, you know, they were coming around eight and obviously I didn't have to feed anyone dinner at eight o'clock, but, um, we got our kitchen cleaned up and I just started, you know, looking online for something that I could whip up really quick that, you know, obviously would not require me to turn on my oven because, um, I love people, but if my house is 82 degrees, I'm not turning my oven on for anyone. (laughs) So I needed to not heat up my house anymore. And, um, I found a no bake recipe that, um, I had all the ingredients for it and I threw it all together really fast, stuck it in my freezer and they came over. I pulled the plate out of the freezer and the whole plate was gone within 20 minutes <laughs> and they loved them. And so a couple of days later, I just was thinking and I was like, you know, I could probably just change a few things about that recipe or create a new recipe or add some nuts or add some of this. And I mean, within a couple of weeks, I had 12 different variations and yes, <laughs> and I, I was showing off mine too. I, I, brought the, I brought the salted caramel and the avocado mint chip today. Great. And I brought raspberry and dark chocolate, orange and dark chocolate and salted caramel. Oh, yum. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so I just started creating these treats and, um, did not want to turn on my oven. I ended up doing it all without baking a single thing. And, um, then I had all of these bites because when you're developing recipes, you just, you just end up having a lot of whatever it is that you're making. And so I started to share them with the locals and I would go up to the little co-op store that we have. And I would say, Hey, do you want some of these? Cause I have about a hundred in my freezer right now. And, um, they love them. And then I would go find other people that we were getting to know. And I mean, the quickest way to get somebody to like you in a new place is feed them. (laughs) Really. It was my secret ploy to get everyone to like me (laughs) to make friends. Right. Um, finally, uh, one, one girl who's actually our neighbor, she just lives up the road from us. She said, you know, you should sell these at the farmer's market. And I said, no, nobody, I mean, you know, people go to the farmer's market for produce. They don't go to the farmer's market for, and so she was like, no, really you should. I really think they would sell well. And I thought, you know, I've got all these little treats in my freezer and I'm going to take them to the farmer's market. And if I don't sell one, I still have lost nothing because my kids will have a lifetime supply of snacks. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was a win-win either way. And I had, <laughs> so I, I set up a little booth and, um, who's here today, uh, he printed out a little ingredient list for everyone because I like to be super uh. to people's allergies. And, um, I know the first thing that I ask whenever I go anywhere, if it's a restaurant or anything that has, you know, already pre prepared food is I like to say what's in this, you know, yeah. because it has stuff in it that I don't want to eat, then I don't want to eat it. So, um, we printed up an ingredient list and we displayed the little bites on a wooden cutting board and they were a hit and it was just so much fun. (laughs) And, um, I went week after week, I kept taking them back and, um, a couple weeks I had actually, um, I mentioned our area being very touristy in the Mm -hmm. summer. 
the busiest time of year up here. And so even at the farmer's market, you get a lot of people who aren't locals. And so we had tourists coming through the farmer's market and um, several of them ordered a dozen and took them with them to their campsite or um, to whatever resort they were staying at so that they would have a snack or a dessert to eat where they were at. And it was just so much fun. And I thought, I've just got to make more of these and I've got to photograph them and I'm going to turn this into an ebook. <laughs> so that's what I did. And there's honestly not another resource like this that I know, I know. of. I know. I, so. I did my market research too, and I could not find one ebook that had no bake treats in it. So I'm excited. <laughs> well, me too. So I know we went back and forth, and you did even before I entered the conversation on what would these be called. The, the book and the collection of recipes is Nourishing No Bake Treats. You actually have the hashtag, though, Bites of Goodness, and informally you call them bites. I do. And I'll just hold these up, but... You're using a one tablespoon scoop yep. and, and they topping are it with chocolate. Yep. And so tell us how you landed on, you know, calling them bites, bites of goodness. Okay. Well, you know, honestly, you would think that the recipes of a cookbook would be the hardest part, but figuring out what to call them was actually the hardest part because, you know, they're not a cookie because traditionally a cookie is a, a flat round you know, thing. Yeah. Baked and flat and round and they're not that. And they look like truffles. I couldn't call them truffles. And so finally I just, whenever people would come to the farmer's market and they'd say, Oh, what do you have here? And I would say, Oh, they're just little bites. They're just little yummy bites of goodness. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I kind of felt like that was a weird title because if somebody looked at that, they'd be like, what in the world is a bite of goodness? You know? Uh And, Um, but it's one of those things that's like, I mean, right before I go to bed is usually whenever I just want a little bite of something and it's, you know, I just want, if I'm watching Netflix or something right before I go to sleep, I'll always tell my husband, I just need a bite of something sweet. (laughs) And so we, uh, we talked it over and talked it over and decided that, um, although bites of goodness would not make a good title for a book because it's pretty obscure. Um, no bake treats is, you know, more straightforward and people know what that is, but we thought we would use the fun hashtag bites of goodness. And I'm hoping that when people get the book and they make these little no bake treats that they'll share them on social media and they'll use the hashtag bites of goodness. And that way we can all see what we're making and we can um, have fun looking at each other's creations and it would be great. I love that. I think it's a great strategy. And I mean, whether we call them cookies, treats, bites, they're just so cute, aren't they? Are they hold up a pink one? This is the raspberry. Your pink ones are gorgeous, aren't they? They I think I could have been a little more generous with the chocolate, but (laughs) next time. I don't know why I have chocolate like pouring down the sides. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine is getting a little cool. Um, well, let's continue this conversation. So one of the fun things that I've got to see through the process of you developing the recipes was just hearing little stories about your, um, like what it was like developing all these recipes and, you know, your husband, you guys are busy, but you're all very involved at home. So just tell us what the experience was like of batch after batch of trial after trial, you know, with your kids and your husband 
involved probably? Well, (laughs) oh yes. They, uh, they enjoyed it tremendously because they got to eat all this stuff. (laughs) So, um, for them, it was a lot of fun and it really was a lot of fun for me because, um, I got to be really creative and it was kind of like a no pressure kind of creativity, if that makes sense. And, um, not knowing in the beginning that I was going to turn it into an ebook and just kind of challenging myself with how many different variations of this can I come up with and how many flavors can I make and what, what flavors can I combine that will make, you know, something different that people haven't had before. And, um, one of the, one of the recipes in the book is a blueberry lemon mint bite. And that's an example of how, um, you know, I got to use different flavors and you would never find a blueberry lemon mint cookie, you know, because, because once you bake with fresh mint, you you lose the flavor of the mint, but when you leave it raw and then you pair it with a citrus and then you also pair it with a berry, you just have this amazing flavor that would not come across in a baked treat. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so that's just one example of how I got to challenge myself to be really creative with flavors and, um, and funny story, my husband, David, I'm totally going to rat him out right now. Um, he, because we are from the South, he said, you should create a sweet tea bite. And I was like, Hey, sweet tea. Really? And he's like, yeah, you should, you should. And so (laughs) I actually made sweet tea. And I steeped the coconut in the sweet tea and then I drained it and squeezed all the moisture out. So I had this like brown coconut and put it in the blender and made the bites out of it. And we just laughed and laughed because they looked like balls of tuna fish. (laughs) (laughs) So not very appealing. (laughs) No, and I even posted them on Instagram and I said, it does no matter how I photograph these, they still look like balls of tuna fish. So <laughs> the sweet tea bites did not make it into the book. <laughs> but the question is, did they taste like they should and you enjoyed them? Um, they were, they were okay. They were not, uh, that's another reason why they didn't make it into the book is because, um, I mean, my kids ate them, but it was not like, I don't think everyone would have enjoyed them. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> well, that was fun. Hey, well, we would have never known unless we tried. <laughs> now, Danielle has already asked, are they mostly made from coconut? And that leads us right into the next question we're going to talk about because, um, there's really like just a simple basic formula that you dress up into these, it could be endless variations. So can you just talk about the basic ingredients that are the really, you know, make this cookie base? Sure. And how that works. Yeah. So, um, coconut, unsweetened shredded coconut is the, the base for nine of the 12 recipes. Three of the recipes are based with, um, nuts. So soaked and dehydrated crispy nuts, a la nourishing traditions. Mm -hmm. Um, But nine of the 12 recipes are based with unsweetened shredded coconut. And then kind of what binds them together is um, I use a fat of some sort. So in some of the recipes, the fat is coconut oil. In some of the recipes, or in one of the recipes, it's avocado, which is the avocado mint chip that I have. Um, In one of the nut-based recipes, the fat that binds everything together is butter, 
Um, and then I also use a sweetener and, um, all of the recipes except one use a liquid sweetener. And so the, the liquid sweetener combined with the fat is kind of the glue that, um, keeps it all together. And then from there, it was just adding flavors and, um, playing around with, you know, lime zest and lemon zest and fresh berries and frozen berries and determining which one worked better. And, um, you know, one of the bites has bacon in it. <laughs> um, so you can't go wrong with that. But um, so yeah, they are mostly made of coconut and three of the recipes are made with nuts. But if you are avoiding nuts or you're allergic to nuts, you can still get a lot of out of the book. Gotcha. I got a little distracted by some not great comments. Um, so to just um, expand on that a little bit, um, Sev is asking about trim, healthy mama f- friendly, and I'm just going to answer that really quick. Okay. And someone else said, have you tried honey? And Sev uses small amounts of traditional sweeteners like honey, maple, coconut, sugar, molasses, um, and infrequent crossovers. Well, it is sweetened Sev and it has fat from like Lindsay talked about. There's either a coconut or a nut seed base that's held together with a fat. And in most of the cases, a liquid sweetener. So Trim Healthy Mama, you usually separate right. um, your fats and your carbs or in this case, sweeteners. So right. it's not, uh, it's not going to really be a Trim Healthy Mama uh, treat no. unless you're okay with a small amount of coconut, I'm sorry, honey in a crossover dessert situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I will point out that none of the recipes has more than a quarter cup of sweetener and a couple of the recipes actually have less and the rest, they, they make between 15 and 18 bites. So if you take a quarter cup of raw honey and divide that by 15 or 18, you're really, you really are looking at a very low sugar treat anyway. True. True. They are not heavily sweet at all. Mm-mm. Yeah. Great. Love that. Okay, so moving on here a little bit. Um, oh, I love this. So I brought my three in here today, and I made these in 30 minutes. And we used one piece of equipment that I didn't even wash in between because I kind of planned the three recipes I wanted for which flavors would be okay with the next one after it. So talk to us, Lindsay, about how little mess and how simple these are to make. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Um, if you own a high speed blender, like a Vitamix or a Blendtec, that is the one and only appliance that you will use. And I cannot speak to the success of these bites. If you don't own a high speed blender, because I do have one. And so I haven't tested them with a regular. I'll just jump in right now and say the food processor. Oh yeah. Exactly. I used. Okay, perfect. So if you have a processor and you don't have a high speed blender, then that will work great. Um, but you use one appliance and you put all of the ingredients into the appliance and you hit, you know, your low speed and you let it blend. And in most cases, I didn't even have to stop the mixer to scrape down the sides. In most cases, it just started folding in on itself. And when it starts to fold in on itself, then the dough is ready and you use your one tablespoon dough scoop. You scoop it out onto parchment paper, you throw it in the freezer and that's it. Unless you decide to top it with chocolate or um, a couple of the recipes, you fold in something like uh, in the avocado mint chip, you fold in chopped chunks of chocolate. Um, in the chocolate covered cherry, you fold in pieces of cut up cherries. But, um, you know, I even folded mine in 
the in the mixer canister. <laughs> I didn't even take the time to transfer it to a bowl, even though I say that in the recipes to transfer it to a bowl. If you cook like Wardy and I do, it's all about using as few things yes. as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we don't care if we measure something with the same teaspoon four times, you know, in four different things. We just want to have to wash as few dishes as possible. And uh, you, we were we were talking about my family being involved earlier. And, um, you know, I dedicated this book to my kids because this book would not have been possible without them because they literally would stand at the sink and wash dishes while I was making more recipes and because we don't have a dishwasher. So they washed more than their fair share of dishes, um, because I was making so many new recipes in a day. And, uh, luckily, um, I had them there and they helped make it possible, but, yeah, one appliance, just a mixer um, and a dough scoop. And then if you do melt some chocolate, you know, a double boiler or just a glass bowl set inside a saucepan, yeah. what I use. Um, and that's it. They're so easy and so little mess, which is totally my lifestyle. <laughs> and a quick tip about melting the chocolate. What I did was I did a small saucepan of water and I did a mason jar with the chocolate chips in it. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. And so then they melted and then the leftovers, all I had to do is put the cap on the jar and stick it in the fridge for next time. Yep. Yep. So that even didn't create, I mean, other than the spoon that I used to scoop the chocolate and drizzle. Right. in the comments, Danielle May is saying, this is exactly how she cooks. The fewer dishes, the better. Amen. Yep. Good. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. So... Um, talk a little bit about people with allergies because this comes up a lot at traditional cooking school. We have a lot of people working to heal their guts or with food sensitivities or allergies. So I want to make sure and address that for anybody who's here or listening who may be thinking, is this going to work for me? Okay. Yes. These bites, like I mentioned earlier, nine of the 12 recipes are totally allergy friendly unless you're allergic to coconut. (laughs) Um, if you are allergic to coconut, I'm so sorry please don't buy my book. It will not help you. <laughs> um, but if, uh, if you're not allergic to coconut, then you, you're good because these recipes are dairy-free. They are gluten-free. They are grain-free. Nine of them are nut-free. Um, they are, what, what, what am I missing? They're well, they're, yeah. They have no peanuts. They have no soy. Um, and they, and if you need to swap out, like I said, a couple of the recipes use butter as the fat. Um, so if you can't have butter, but you can have ghee, you can swap that out. If you can't have either, then you can use another fat like, um, you know, palm, palm oil or palm shortening or coconut oil would work. You might get a little bit of a different flavor, obviously, you know, nothing is like butter, but, um, (laughs) So yeah, and then one of the recipes uses avocado as the fat. And if you can't have avocados, then you can easily swap out coconut oil. Um, The avocado is what makes the avocado mint chip ones green. So yours might not be green, but um, they'll still taste good. Wonderful. Now we're going to talk a little bit about recipes. And I kind of feel bad that we're tantalizing you with all these. So I want to give you guys a little bit to look forward to. If you are uh, here with us live today on Blab as we're recording this, you can look forward to Monday. Lindsay has given me permission to release a recipe from her book on the Traditional Cooking School blog, or is it Tuesday? Anyway, it's early next week. Monday? Okay. And actually, I'd love your feedback, everybody who's here live, because there's either the raspberry and dark chocolate, or there's the orange and dark chocolate. Just vote. 
and I'll take it into consideration. Which one would you like more? And if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, that recipe will already be up. So you can just go to traditionalcookingschool.com slash blog and just go back in the archives a couple days and you'll see whichever one is up on Monday. So we're getting... Um, we're tied right now. Oh, yeah, we're tied. We'll have to go back and count. Yeah, you guys, you're making it hard. <laughs> David, you might die if you try to eat your screen, but you're married to the gal. So you've got, probably got a freezer full. You've at least got a plate full. <laughs> well, thank you for voting, everyone. So look forward to Monday, and either the raspberry or the orange will be released. And thank you so much, Lindsay, for allowing us to do that. Why don't you share? Well, I'm going to say my favorite, although every time I have one of these, um, I think, oh, this is my favorite. And then I have the next one. No, this is my favorite. But I really think it's the raspberry. It tastes so much just like raspberries and cream. So anyway, Lindsay, talk about your favorite. My recipe. favorite is the orange and dark chocolate. Mm. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, prior to my uh, healthy eating days, David and I used to uh, binge on the orange and dark chocolate Milano cookies from Pepperidge Farm. And, <laughs> and those cookies are just the orange and dark chocolate is just the most so amazing flavor combination. And, um, I really missed that flavor. And so whenever I made these bites, honestly, I think my bites taste better than the orange and dark chocolate Milano from Pepperidge Farm. And so, yeah, I have to go with the orange and dark chocolate. Um, David's favorite is the chocolate covered cherry. Mm. Oh yeah, which is that's actually this one, and I use raspberries yep. instead yep. of cherry. Yep. And there, and the variation that you can do on that is, uh, you know, if you if you don't have cherries or if you don't like cherries, you can swap it out for strawberries. Or I'm so glad that you did the raspberry, even though I didn't include that as a variation, because that's what I want people to do. I want people to get my book and go, oh, but I could change this or I could do that, and, and make it your own because there really are endless possibilities once you have the basic formula. So, well, right. And thing, the thing is, is the basic formula. We tend to have an assortment of those ingredients. I mean, if we have a traditional food kitchen, we probably already have most of the things we need. We yep. don't have to run out and buy. And the one thing I was missing was cherries. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I have raspberries in the freezer. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And that, and see it. And it worked great. It and did. Uh, yeah. So David's favorite is the chocolate covered cherry. Um, our daughter's favorite, she, she goes back and forth. She picks a new favorite all the time. Um, but at the time I wrote the book, the strawberry lemonade ones were her favorite. Ooh, and, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's because they're pink and pink is just her favorite color. And our son's favorite is the salted caramel and dark chocolate. Good choices. All of you. Wonderful. Of course, it's not hard to pick. It's a book full of Right. They're all really, really yummy. <laughs> yeah. So we have two questions coming in that pertain, I think. Luetta is saying, have you tried adding cream? Nope. Nope. Okay. They're, all, they're all dairy free. And I did that on purpose um, because I was selling them at the farmer's market and um, I, you know, I wanted to be really sensitive and I didn't want to be that one booth that somebody came to and got sick because they ate something of mine that had something in it they were allergic to. And, um, also because I have my own website and because I write for your website and I'm just on people's blogs all the time. And I read the comments that people leave in blogs and 
no matter what recipe you post that you think is allergy friendly, there's always one or two comments that says, but I can't have that. (laughs) And so then you, you know, people are always wanting to know if they can substitute even an allergy friendly recipe. So, um, you know, there's, there've even been recipes that I've done for your website that, you know, it's like something calls for, um, you know, something calls for butter or ghee and they can't have either one of those. And so they want to know what can I substitute for that? So I worked really, really hard to, to keep out as many allergenic foods, um, as possible because I like to be really sensitive to that because I know that the need is out there for majorly super allergy friendly recipe, not, not just dairy free or gluten free, but even, even beyond that. Mm-hmm. And so Luetta, I think you could add cream. It's going to add a, like, if you wanted to have that cream dimension, it's going to um, add a little bit of liquid. So you want to have a, some absorbent mm-hmm. um, in additional ingredients or increase the current ingredients to account for that additional liquid. Yeah. Um, Luetta is also asking about pineapple. I think pineapple would be a great, like, I mean, these is pineapple and coconut. Definitely. And these from the, um, the raspberries, they're a little bit of a wetter mm-hmm. uh, dough, which means actually right out of the freezer, they're actually quite soft to bite into, whereas these are harder out of the freezer and they could use a couple minutes to soften up to really be a better feel. So anyway, anywhere there's fruit, I think pineapple would work, right, Lindsay? Or, yeah. or even go for that flavor. Yeah, and uh, I, I found you can use fresh or frozen fruit in the recipes. I tested both. Um, I preferred the recipes with the frozen fruit because I, again, mm-hmm. I think it's the, the less moisture is in frozen fruit than in fresh fruit. So if you were going to use pineapple, I would probably use a frozen pineapple. Um, and then you would want to decrease the moisture elsewhere. Um, and, and once, you know, make a couple of recipes from the book and kind of get a feel for what the dough feels like and then experiment on your own because you'll know if it's too wet or too dry. Right. And, um, you know, and also like, even if you're, even if your coconut oil is, uh, melted, but not soft, it's even different then. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I made, I made the salted caramel and dark chocolate last night and my coconut oil was totally melted and they ended up being wetter than if the coconut oil had just been softened as opposed to melted. So once you make a few recipes, you'll figure out what it's supposed to feel like. And it's not hard to go from there and make your own variations. But I definitely think that Luetta should try the pineapple and coconut because it would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> For sure. So Diane's asking, looks like these need to be refrigerated. Is that right? That's correct. Fridge or freezer. But yep. these have been at room temperature now for an hour. So it doesn't mean they have to be, you have to, like, they can sit for, depending on your room temperature for a while. Yeah. When I took them to the farmer's market this summer, I kept, um, I just put one of each kind out on the cutting board that I had. And I kept the rest in a cooler because there were days that it was over 80 degrees outside. And so I needed to keep them cold um, because they will, you know, they will eventually like coconut gets, coconut oil is runny at, you know, 74 degrees. And so if it's hotter than 74 degrees in your house, you're going to want to keep them refrigerated and or frozen until you're ready to serve. For sure. For sure. Okay. So we've talked about the recipe. We've talked about everything. It's kind of time to wrap up, which I will do. If you guys have questions, we'll take those in a moment. More questions. I've been answering the ones that are pertinent as we go. The couple things I want to say is, um, 
I hope we've convinced you to get the book. It is not expensive and it's 50% off. Here's the link for you. Tradcookschool.com slash no bake. Okay. And um, if you're listening to this lab or the podcast later, I'm going to put this link in the messages. Um, I'm throwing in a bonus. Um, because independently of Lindsay, I was working on a no-bake cookie. Now, these are not going to be as allergy-friendly because I use pre-soaked oats, and, but they have oats, and they have a nut butter, and they have coconut, and they have chia seeds, and then you can add um, cocoa powder, and they're sweetened with honey or another liquid sweetener. So yeah. they certainly don't look as pretty as the pink ones. Oh, I think they look good. They're chocolate. <laughs> they're chocolate, but... Um, all you have to do is if you purchase Lindsay's book, just forward the receipt to me, Wardy, W-A-R-D-E-E, at traditionalcookingschool.com, and I'll reply within a few days with this special recipe for you, which isn't anywhere yet. So the only place to get it at this point is by buying Lindsay's book. It's exclusive. And I neglected to mention, but Lindsay blogs at Today in Deetsville. Her last name is Deets, so that's where Deetsville comes from. Isn't that cute? So todayindeetsville.com, that's where you can find her. Again, the book is tradcookschool.com slash nobake. And if you use the link to purchase it, forward your receipt to me, and I'll reply with my own no-bake recipe that uses pre-soaked oats. Lindsay, do you have anything you want to add? I don't think I do. I, I think, Wardy, though, that um, I think we should be mean and we should take a bite of our bites while we're... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to pick my favorite, the raspberry. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the salted caramel and dark chocolate. All right. I know it is cruel, isn't it? You guys, I'm so sorry. Here. And I just want to point out, I mean, I guess it's good to show this. Like mine have been sitting out since we went on the air. My house is warm because I have a wood-burning stove. And I just took this bite, and it's still, like, it's holding together. Yep, and mine, too. And these, this is the softest stove of all three. It's not crumbling, you know, or falling apart at all. And a lot of times when something sits out like that, it'll, it'll fall apart when you eat it. But mine's not, so. Thank you for bearing with us as we eat that, everyone. That, that was really yummy. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Good. Um, <laughs> So, oh, and the other thing to remind you all, you're, if you're listening live, check traditionalcookingschool.com on Monday because I'll release one of the recipes. Lindsay's given permission. If you're listening to this podcast or a replay after Monday, then, of course, you can just go back in traditionalcookingschool.com's blog history and find that recipe or in the podcast notes because the show notes for this recipe are going to be at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 140. So I'll be sure to include a link in the show notes to that recipe. Um, so it'll be convenient for you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. This has been so fun. Thank you for sharing your recipes, um, with the traditional cooking school crowd. I think everybody's going to love it. And remember, well, go ahead. I hope, I hope they love it. Um, we, we love them and all of our neighbors. If you come to <laughs> Minnesota, they all love them. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I really hope everyone loves it. And I hope they find the book helpful and easy. And, you know, it's a, it's a low maintenance kind of recipe book. So totally. <laughs> I think that's why I love it so much. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely a favorite. Yeah. And if anyone has any questions, I'd, I'd love to answer your questions. 
Great. Well, thank you everyone for being here live. And thank you for listening to this podcast later. And just remember the show notes are available for you at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 140. And Lindsay's book is at tradcookschool.com slash nobake. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again very soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash and then without a space, type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air, so go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that other people will find this podcast. Thank you so much.